0: Who likes, well some of you will, who likes routine? Okay, some, who likes, uh, you know, to break the routine? Not every time, but you know every, you know, every now and then, right? Yeah, get out of the rut. Yeah, okay, so we're, we're kind of there. <laughs> so we've been talking about um, what's God really like? And I love this subject and I, I hope you're enjoying it too, because there's a lot of stuff God wants to share with us over, I don't know how long he's going to do this, because we're going to go in different areas, but we're going to go into the concept of really understanding what is God like, because we, over time, um, you know, Jesus had to come, uh, you know, when he did, what, 2,000 years ago, because they had really gotten mixed up about what God was really like, and God, it came in the flesh and showed us through his life, through his example, his teaching, what the Father was really like. And so we have Jesus' work on, and his words, the Gospels. Uh, we have all the apostles' uh, letters. We have all this great scripture. We have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit of God living in us. We have all these great things that Christ did and provided so that we could really, really know what God's like, know the Father. And But as time goes by, traditions start up. People get off to the left, off to the right, they they don't stay true to the word, and so they read partial of the word, and they go this way and all that. So it's important that we, as a church, are constantly getting drawn back to the center, to the plumb line, by God's word. By and that's a, a great tool that we have. <clears throat> and we were in Job. We're talking about Job, but uh, this week I, I got a little bit out of the routine. So so if you don't mind, we're gonna we're gonna. Semi pause on where we were with Job, because it's we're, we're about to get into Job's first friend that comes and visits him, and this guy is 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 interesting. I mean, it even talks about. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it next week, but it's really good, <laughs> and we're going to learn a lot of cool things about what God's like as we discover the real story with Job. <clears throat> but this week I was praying in the morning and and uh, doing the thirty minute challenge. Yeah, Michelle's raising her hand, Uh, amen, amen from Chris, yeah, all right, cool. We got some of us that are taking that challenge, and if you can join any time, there's no limit, and we've just declared that as a church we're going to make a priority that every person that's a believer that says Jesus is their Lord is going to spend and, and try to, as best as they can, to give 30 minutes to the Lord of just quiet, still time with no distractions. That's our goal, to get there, and if you can do five right now, do five. I mean, this isn't this isn't about you know making the thirty. It's about really hearing the voice of the Lord. So as I was doing that this this week, I was praying and um, we had had some visitors this week and and I um, I didn't the next morning I read read the Word but really didn't get a time in that I wanted to. You know, you ever those mornings where you're busy and you're you, you kind of you get so busy you're thinking. I just, I better do something, though, else I'll get in trouble, you know, like, you're just, you, 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 well, I better read a chapter, or something spiritual, and then it kind of makes you feel better? Is that just me, or, you, no, you guys, yeah, just, you try and do little spiritual things to, to make yourself feel better, and so I was in that mode, you know, one day when they visited, and I was like, hmm, didn't get to spend the time I wanted, so the next morning, you know, the enemy starts right in. You know, whenever you don't do it perfect, right? There's, there's always the enemy right there trying to whisper in your ear, trying to get you down, get you frustrated, because the one thing God, uh, the enemy wants is to get you out of intimacy with Christ. That's his goal, uh, especially once you're, if you're not saved, his number one goal is to keep you unsaved and out of the kingdom of light. But um, once you're saved, his main goal is he's got to keep you away from closeness, intimacy, intimacy. The mountaintop Moses, get in the presence, start glowing thing. You know you can do that today, right? Okay, all right. So I was uh, getting, praying, listening, journaling, and the Lord said a few things to me. And then he gave me this picture of why it's so important that what we're talking about and this intimacy, spending time with God, knowing him more, our, our, our vision for the church is to know him and to make him known. We talked a lot. Everyone here should probably know the Greek word thank you, yeah, you guys are getting it. So we talked about uh, intimately really not just knowing about God but knowing him personally and so God gave me this picture in, in about two or three seconds, and then I had to start writing out what I saw and so if you want If you have your notes, you want to turn them obviously this way, uh, you know, and then you can. Uh, And those of you that like to write and draw and do all that fun stuff, you're going to enjoy that. Those of you that don't like it are going to be very frustrated today because that's pretty much what we're going to discuss right there. Um, And it'll hopefully make sense... So you're going to get a look into this. You know, sometimes when you get a word from God, you get a lot of information in a very little time, and so it takes a while to kind of go, "Okay, God, wow, that's a lot. Help me uh, discern this. And what do you want for the church? What What are you trying to say to me?" So we're going to go over this <clears throat> today, but I want to read some scripture first about kind of what is uh, uh, prompting this because I did title today's sermon um, our little pause break from um, Job. Um, I, I titled this. What did I title this? Power to, power to produce. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Good job. So, power to produce. So, we're going to talk about that. And I want to read you a story. This is going to be out of the message, so it's a little maybe different than the the um, version that you um, normally read. But it's a, a common one about the story of the seeds. And so, it's going to. Um, I want you to to listen closely, um, and just kind of you know close your eyes, listen, and, and we're going to talk about. Um, uh, this afterwards, so it starts off in. in uh, um, oh shoot, where does it start out? I had two. I had two references, and I forgot to put it on. It's in the Gospels. <laughs> it's in one of the Gospels, and I think it's Luke, verse four. So I'll get get that later. It'll probably come to me later. But if you're familiar story, you'll you'll remember it as I start talking about it. So it says this. So Jesus is telling a story, and he says he says parable. And he says this. He says as as they went from town to town, a lot of people joined in and traveled along. He addressed them using this story. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Some of it fell on the road. It was trampled down by the birds and and ate it. Other seeds fell into the gravel. It sprouted but withered because it didn't have any good roots. And other seed fell into the weeds. The weeds grew up with it and strangled it. Other seeds fell in rich earth and produced a bumper crop. And Jesus said, are you listening to this? Are you really listening to this, Jesus said? His disciples asked, why did you tell this story? And he said, you have been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. There are others who need stories, but even with stories, some of them aren't going to get it. And he quoted, he said, their eyes are open, but they don't see a thing. And their ears are open, but they don't hear a thing, quoting some of the prophets. And then verse 11, he talks, he says, this story is about some of those people. The seed is the word of God. The seed The seeds on the road are those who hear the word, but no sooner do they hear it than the devil snatches it from them so they won't believe and be saved. Next verse says The seeds in the gravel are those who hear with enthusiasm, but the enthusiasm doesn't go very deep. It's only another fad, and the moment there's trouble, it's gone. And the seed that fell into the weeds, well, these, these are the ones who hear, but when the seed is crowded out by nothing, and nothing comes of it, they go about their lives worrying about tomorrow, making money, and having fun. But the seeds in the good earth, these are the good hearts who seize the word, hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. And I want to talk about... <clears throat> being producers because if you kind of zoom out and look at this story, it's about seeds. And the purpose of planting a seed is to what? To grow, something. grow something. Produce something. You gotta get you're not just sticking stuff in the ground and just walking away and that's the day. So if you think about it, and, and there's a lot we could go, this this is a rich scripture full of great analogies that we could bring in. But I want you to think about the fact that Jesus was saying that when the word's given there must, be a, there must be produce. There must be a, a harvest. There must be something that comes forth of that. And you know the cool thing about a seed is that it's a small thing, but usually when it grows, it gives out more than what it started with, right? And so with that in mind, I want you to keep that story in your mind as we go through what God showed me the other day, just real quickly to encourage you to get in your quiet place, your closet, your, your King David, where he used to wait uh, by the altar and just waited under the wings and wanted to spend time with Jesus, just like Joshua did with Moses. Um, he would wait and linger in the temple, just like Moses did, where he went up the hill. No one else wanted to go. God wanted everyone to go and be with him, but no, they said we're too scared. You go and tell us what to do. That was not God's plan. And so we need to know in our hearts that God desperately wants us, and there's a purpose and a plan that we uh, are drawn into his presence relationally with him. And so I'm hoping that this will help you see, one, a bigger picture of your life and how God's seeing you and the purposes in that. So let's start. So <clears throat> first of all, on the bottom, we're, we're, we're thinking this from uh, not linear, but we're going upwards. so we're going bottom to top. The bottom is, you know, I kind of graded out to meaning that's where you're coming out of darkness, right? You're coming out of darkness you're 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 raising up and you are you're going into the light right the bible says that we've been translated right from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and so God is light. There is no darkness or shadows in God. So we are, we are coming out of darkness into him. So he's, he's taking us who were in darkness. He's shedding light on us. And he's making us into someone that he wants us to be. So as we go up, we're, we're, we're taken out of death because we were all going to die. And we're all going to die. But we, we we're going to be eternally separated from God until Jesus came, right? So now Jesus, through his work, is bringing us from death to life. So just an upward motion. Of bringing people out of the kingdom of darkness into His kingdom, and then what He wants to do with you. So I hope this encourages you. Let's take a look at what God's um, brought to me this morning, and and I hope that you'll you'll be encouraged. All right. So, the word. So, God showed me this triangle, and I want you to look. uh, Think of a um, a, like a funnel, or um, anyone do uh, water your yard, and you have one of those cool things that make the water pressure better, and the handles, you squeeze it, or the type you turn. I want you to think of that, and I want you to think about how with a regular hose, the water comes out, but it's just kind of flowing out. But man, when you get one of those high-pressure little nozzles on there, man, you can dial that thing in, and it'll shoot real fine, and man, it'll just shoot forever, and you can hit an exact point, right? So it increases the the, the ability of the water, what you have. It, It increases what you have, and makes it even better by just funneling it. Um, they say, you've heard about diamonds, right? The pressure, uh, what makes the diamond. So um, bringing in. So when we come into Christ, we, we come in by the word of God. We come in because of the word. You have to have a word from God to have faith. You couldn't even believe in Jesus unless you had a word from God. There is nothing happens without a spoken word of God. When you got saved, you believed Somehow, some way, someone told you, you read it, and they told you, Jesus loves you. He died for you. And if you'll give him your heart, he will do this and that and the other. And so you had to go, okay, I believe the word of God and what he's saying, and that's what initiates that, right? So the word is our foundation. And I want you to think of this progression, too, um, kind of uh, like the progression of your personal devotional life, too. Okay, So that was kind of in the, in the mix. So as we grow in the Lord, um, one of the first things we, can, we start doing is we, get, we start reading the Bible. Uh, we do that even when we go to church, we hear the word of God. So the word of God is powerful and effective. right? It goes down and, and, and divides the soul and the spirit. It really gets in there and shows you which is what and where everything is. right? So the word is powerful. And then as we grow, we start the second thing above word is faith. So you've got to mix faith with the word. So to get saved, you've got to mix your faith with what God said to be born again. If you don't have those two components, no cookie. You've got to have all the ingredients for the cookie, right? And if you don't have the word and you're just trying to believe and there's no word you're believing, you cannot exercise faith without a word. You've got to, you're trusting faith is trusting the word of God that what he said is going to happen and is true no matter what you see, feel, taste, whatever. Are you with me? So your faith. So as we get into Christ, we, we're born again. We get saved. We start, hey, that's why your pastor's always, hey, get in the words. Read the word. And you've got to believe. And a lot of people can get stuck. <laughs> they can get stuck right on the word, and that's a good place, right? So I'm not dogging the word, but I've got to tell you there's a lot more. The word is a foundation. A foundation alone is just a foundation. If nothing's built on it, what's the point of your foundation? You've got to build upon the word. God wants to establish the word in you. In fact, the word also declares that by the words of God or Jesus, uh, everything's established. Everything's held together. So it's a very you can't do anything without it, but he definitely doesn't want you just to stop there and let this the word be the word and you just read the word because you know what? You can be saved and read the word and it's not spiritual. You're just reading it to do it as a duty to make God Think you're happy in earning his love. In fact, in worship, I forgot to say this. I'm glad that reminded me. Someone needs to hear this word. Quit working so hard for God's approval. Stop it right now. Someone in here needs to hear that. God says, stop working so hard. You can't earn it. You're wasting your time trying to work so hard to earn his love. He already loves you. God already loves you as much as he's going to love you, in fact. In fact, he can't love you any more than he does right now. And so stop trying so hard. Receive his love. You cannot earn it. You've got to receive it as a free gift by his word and faith and receive his love and start walking in it. Quit trying to earn it. You're never going to do it. You're in a a trap. You're in a noose and the harder you pull, the tighter that noose is going to get. Right? So if you're trying to work and earn, you're on the wrong path and it's a devil's trap. Get out of it. He's tricked you into thinking that you could possibly do enough good stuff for God to approve of you. And that ain't ever happening with any of us, right? So you can't do it, so stop. That's just a, an extra little bonus right there. <laughs> bonus. Pastor Appreciation Month bonus. <laughs> all right, so we got the word in faith. Let's move on. So then comes worship. <laughs> now, worship, as uh, Pastor Chris so eloquently says all the time, is that this is a response to God's greatness and His love, and it's all He does. So, what happens is we, by the Word, we're saved, we mix it with faith, we believe, we're born again, we start pressing in, we're in a brand new relationship with God. Then, spontaneously, our natural response is that we'll start worshiping God. And, and that just doesn't mean singing songs in here, that means the expression or the response or the reaction to just being around God. You just you, you read His Word and you're like, wow, you're great, God. That's worship. You know, you used to be mean and now you let someone cut in front of you on the street and you don't get mad, that's worship. You're, you're responding to the word of God in your heart with faith and then all of a sudden you're doing an act of kindness that you normally wouldn't do, that's worshiping God. You're showing God love and kindness and just saying, wow, you're awesome, God, look what you're transforming me. Are you with me? So it goes into worship and so we have these elements. We have all these elements right here of worship, faith, and the word, which are great things, okay, they are great uh, uh, parts of, of being a Christian, and, but what's, what's interesting is that you can, you can still have these and still not be operating in the power and the anointing that God wants you to. It may be um, you not being able to work in the fullness of what God has. Okay? So just stick with that thought for a second. So now, after we respond to that in many ways of worship, worship is in the church, at home, in the car, you can worship everywhere. Our next thing is prayer. So this prayer is where worship, we're thankful, we're responding to God's goodness, and then we realize, wow, God does love me. We're growing closer. We start praying. We start petitioning. We start um, asking God for stuff. We start interceding for people. We start realizing that, man, we can talk to God, and he listens to us because of what Jesus did. Period. Period. Wow, because we, G, God, the Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe, listens to those people that are praying the word by faith, being transformed. Are you with me? He, he answers those prayers. He hears you. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, God, I've been praying. Have you not heard me? Yeah, he's heard you. Just remember this. Remember, there's a bowl in heaven. And the prayer of the saints fills up that bowl. And there, I think there's a lot of bowls, and I think every prayer request we start, we think we just pray once, and it should be magically done instantly because of what Jesus came in and he did, right? You know, he, he prayed, and bam, 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 bam. Everything was like, you know, it's kind of frustrating. You know, Jesus like, hey, you did thing instantly. Everything was instant, right? And I think sometimes, and especially with our culture, we think of instant. We think we should pray boom, boom, boom. But God doesn't always work the way we want him to work. Right? So he's building in us. He's transforming us. But we've got to remember that prayer, uh, this, this type of prayer is petitioning, getting on our knees, being consistent in prayer. God's building in you consistency. Remember when he talked about keep on praying, keep knocking, I'll ask. That was all about prayer, right? The, the king that had the nagging lady come to him and kept wanting justice. and the, Remember he gave the story, right? This lady kept nagging. He said, man, give that lady what she wants she's driving me nuts. Give her whatever she wants. And they said, in the same way, I want you to pray. So with that intensity of like, man, I'm just going to keep praying until God just, he's like, how many times are you going to tell me this? Right? There's the intensity there. So praying, we start as a reaction to the word and our faith and our worship. We start praying. We start talking. We realize that there's more to God than just church or religion or right and wrong and I got to do this or that, or he'll be mad. So there's more. We start praying, and we think God's hearing us. This is weird. I mean, you mean I don't have to go to the priest to ask God a question? So you know what I mean. So we're getting deeper, and we're realizing, wow, we are all supposed to be a kingdom of priests. We are all supposed to be uh, co-heirs with Christ. So that gets exciting, right? Then, then, then we get to the yellow part, which is like representing pressure, light, fire, brightness, right? And we see, I put I am in there because the great I am, Jesus. And so as we see this funnel created, at the tip point of it, that's ready to explode out and as a stream of intense water, right? Because a hose would just be, you know, but if you pressure it and it fits in right, you have all the pressures of life, pushing, circumstances, things that are coming in life, we call sometimes that suffering, sometimes we reap what we sow, but there's just life. We live in a, a, a world that is still under the the lordship in two degrees of hell, right? So the, the, the devil's still working his deal. He's still trying to get us, so still we're in this in-between gray zone where Jesus has come back. He's given us power and authority. He's conquered hell and that, but now he's going to have his church take up their rightful place and start acting like who they're supposed to be, right? So there's this interesting gray period. So right now we have this pressure, and this is where God said, this is where I want you, uh, Doug. I want you in my presence. I want you pushing into my presence, hearing my voice. This is where you start journaling, right? You start hearing God's voice. You start writing down what he says. The Bible talks about when you hear something from the Lord, you should really write stuff down, right? And you and is it magical? No. Do you have to write it down? No. But just, just work with me here. How many, how, much, how many times have you heard something from the Lord and a thought, a spontaneous thought that lit up your mind, and you knew it was God, and then the next day you're like, what did he say? Gosh. He said it was really cool. It was, it was life-changing. And uh, so this is where you get intimate with God, that you start not just praying to him, because a lot of us in America think praying is just me talking and asking God for stuff, okay? That's not prayer, right? So prayer molds into where I talk to God, and it's not just about making requests to him, it's about talking to him as a person. It's about knowing him intimately where I say, hey God, what do you think about this? And he starts talking back and says, yeah, I think, I think this about that. And here's what my word says, by the way, and here's what I I want you to do. Can you do this for me? You just start having conversation, and he starts talking to you. That should be a normal part of your life. That should be a normal part where you are pressing in. But I tell you what, we'll get there. It's not easy, but it's already done for you. It's difficult, but complete. So as we press into the God's presence, and I want to encourage you today, one of the points of this whole picture was to um, realize that God's point is that we need to press in because you know what's the first to go when you start backsliding or getting too busy or what the message says, which I love, going about their lives, worrying about tomorrow, making money, and having fun. When we let the cares of this world in, when we get wrapped up in the things of this world that distract us, what's the first thing that goes? The great I am goes. Not even prayer, but that part of prayer, yes. The great I am, the intimacy, the closeness goes. Don't want to get too on the natural sexual side, but what's the first thing that goes when a marriage starts getting troubled? Intimacy. Paul said there's a great mystery between marriage and Christ and the church. Great mystery. This is part of that mystery because the intimacy that we are supposed to have with Christ is the first thing and the easiest thing for us to not do because it takes discipline and work. Because you can still be saved and read your Bible but have no intimacy with Jesus, right? You can read your Bible. You can even actually exercise faith. You're saved. You're going to heaven. This isn't a matter of whether you're saved or not. This is a matter of how much you want to know someone and be close to someone. If you're in love with somebody, it's easy to want to spend time, do things, get, be intimate, try for intimacy, go towards intimacy, right? Because you love them. Your desire is to be around them. You're not trying to earn necessarily their approval. You're just in, in love with them and infatuated, and all you can think about is them. Are you with me? Is it making sense? I, I'm hoping this helps you paint a picture for your life because I see a lot of people that go down this scale, and they'll, they'll pray a little, they, they'll sing their worship songs on Caleb or whatever they play on their phone or car, and um, they think they're really, oh, I'm, I'm doing a spiritual thing, so God's happy, like I did. Oh, I'm just going to read my Bible, and then God will be pleased with me today. It's not about being, him being pleased with you. He just, he just misses you, and you there should miss him. When you don't have time with them, you shouldn't be like, oh, man, I'm guilty. I couldn't measure up. I didn't do. I missed my reading yesterday. Oh, blah, blah, la la. I don't do that when my wife went to women's camp. <laughs> I missed a day talking to you we didn't get to do it. No, I'm like, oh, glad you're home. I love you. And I go, we go right back into towards intimacy, and we love each other. And it's like, oh, I'm so glad to be around you. I don't have to earn her love. We're in love. And that's the natural course. That's where God wants us to go. That's why the intimacy, the, the, the discipline to press into his presence, be consistent, and, and, and make the time for him to make the closet time. We are so distracted, church, by technology, by the busyness of life, by doing the worldly things. Guys, may I remind you today that you are not of this world. Quit acting like it. Quit getting your whole hopes and dreams and everything you are in the majority of your time tied into things that are of this world. Yes, we have to work and all that stuff, but there is a balance where we get too caught up in the things of this world that are temporal and not the things that are eternal, that matter, because this life is short. Whether you're 10 or 100, it ain't going to be much longer. And your life could end any day, and you're going to have to give an account for what you're doing. So stop acting like you're going to set up camp and you're going to live the rest of your millions of years of existence here like you are now. You're not. This is not your planet. God's going to recreate this planet, and you're going to live on this planet for an eternity with him as a new creature in Christ with a new body and a new assignment, and it's going to be awesome. So quit making this life, this short little inkling of a life that you have so big a deal that you get caught up and you spend all your time worrying about it. You spend all your time invested in it, and you don't invest in the kingdom. Are you with me? Are you hearing me? Yes. I love you guys. I want you, to, I want you to get the heartbeat of this uh, of freedom that we have as we go. Press into the great I am. So what happens as we press in? We start pressing into deeper relationship. So as we get in the word with faith and we press into that time, We start hearing the voice of God. We start learning what his voice is like. And let me give you a little um, help, because a lot of us that are, are new at this and are just starting to, that have never really heard the voice of the Lord and are still trying to learn this, guys, this is a new language. You can't expect to learn a whole new language. There's so much more than knowing a language. There's just all the stuff around it. I mean, all the innuendos and things that go with language and knowing the culture around it. That's the same with the Spirit. Jesus said, you're not going to worship me in a temple anymore. You're going to be the temple, and you're not going to worship me in the flesh. It's going to You're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. So what he's saying is that, guys, you're going to worship in a whole new cultural language. You're going to have to learn a whole new way of communication, and that's a lot of work because people here, we want God just to uh, come talk to us in English while we're watching TV on Netflix and having a pizza. Hey, God, you know, because when Chris, by the way, that song was great, and I'd like to sing that at the end, the breakthrough one. That was really good. Um, But just like that, uh, having a breakthrough, we're waiting for God to break through in our life, but we're just waiting. We're not waiting in faith prepped pressing in, learning to hear his voice. Guys, your breakthrough could not just be already here, but it could be waiting for you. Instead of you waiting for your breakthrough, because I tell you what, the way you're waiting now, you might be waiting a long time. But maybe your breakthrough's already here, and it's waiting for you to step out in faith and believe and to press in, count the cost, and die to yourself to get what you want God to give you, right? Yeah. I'm telling you guys, this is a big deal. So now we're moving in closer um, to intimacy as well. So as we press into the presence of God, when we're giving God that, we're, this is just a starting point, we're giving God that 30 minutes, we're, we're, we're making every day, we're setting aside a special holy time for him to speak to us. That's called intimacy. That's called closeness. And we're giving him that closet time. We're going in the closet and we're saying, God, I want to get away from the world. I want you to want me and you. Jesus did it all the time. So did the disciples. And so as we do this, we start always having the word as our foundation always working on believing and, and, and trusting in faith, regardless of what we see. We don't walk by our eyes. We walk by faith. We're worshiping. We're pressing in. We're, we're interceding for the lost. We're praying for circumstances in our life. We're, at, we're wanting God to intervene, and then we're pressing in where we start hearing God's actual voice, which is real life. When God speaks, it is life. His words are life. When you hear them, it'll bring life to your spirit, soul, and your body. And so now we have this great... Um, place where we're at, a place where now we're hearing God's voice. He's training us because you cannot go where we're going to the top triangle until you go through the great I am. A lot of people try and go into life and ministry and work in the church and do life by skipping over the intimacy with Christ. And it doesn't work. It's not as effective. Are you unsaved? No. It has nothing to do with salvation. Does God still love you? Yes. Do you still do great things and nice things for the Lord? Does some ministry happen? Absolutely. Ministry can still happen. But do you want to be the most effective and efficient? Do you want God to... Uh, do you want to see things happen in your life that you see in the Bible? Yep. You've got to go through the great I am. You've got to spend time. There is no other way, church. You know, in the same way that Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me, and that's talking at this bottom row here, where you're in darkness and you come into faith, right? So no, you can't go. You can't go to God unless you go through Jesus. Do we all agree on that? Amen. You cannot be effective and have the fullness of ministry in and through you unless you go through Jesus Christ. And that's closeness. That's learning His voice. It's knowing. Um, I think it was. I think you posted something on the shepherds. Remember the shepherds that heard the voice. So it was a great video of a shepherd, and, and he called the sheep, and there was a bunch of sheep out there, and then four people came up trying to make the same sound the shepherd made. Sheep didn't do a darn thing. The shepherd came up and said the exact same thing with his voice. The sheep ran to him. It was awesome. And it was a beautiful picture of knowing the father's voice, knowing what he's saying and, and recognizing his voice, because it leads into greater things. And this guy, this emblem right here is where revival starts. So this is where a lot of people pray and they're praying and they're waiting for God to do revival. And I believe that God, um, revival is available for those that want it. And if you press in and if you want it and you'll believe for it and stand for it, you can have it whenever you want. You can have revival. You know what revival is? It's hearing the voice of God. Because his word's life. You hear him speak to you, that will revive you. It revives me. When, I, when he speaks to me, stuff even this last week, talking to me, he's like, wow, God, thank you. When he convicts me, oh, thank you, God. I'm hearing his voice. He's changing me, transforming me, and making me into the person he wants. Man, that's revival for me. And if we can get a bunch of people hearing the voice of God, that's revival. If, you wanna, if we want a bigger impact in our city, let's get all of us together pressing into Jesus in the great I am, hearing his voice, and then based off hearing what he says, we start acting upon it, there's revival. It's really that, we, we make it really complicated, church, that, oh, the great revivals, and I'm not, the great revivals, lots of hard work, and there is prayer involved, there's a lot to it, but I'm telling you, if we all press in to God every day, and we're pushing in, and we're loving on him, we're listening, we're giving him the time, we are intimate with Christ, the only possible scenario is a new life. And I I know this is back to the marriage thing, but intimacy creates life. Intimacy creates new life. It's the same in the spirit, guys. Intimacy with Jesus produces new life. The closer you get to God, the more you hear his voice. The only only reaction to that is newness, freshness, life-giving. But it only comes you can't go around. You can't go around. You can't do just read your Bible and sing worship songs and always produce new light. You'll get some here and there hit and miss. But if you want the consistency and the fullness, because there's a lot of Christians that will read their word occasionally, or they'll just hear it on Sundays. They'll listen to a radio station that plays Christian music sometimes. And they and they're wondering why their life doesn't reflect revival. They're wondering why they don't move in the spiritual gifts. They wonder why they don't see miracles. They wonder why none of the stuff they read in the old times is coming in their time. And the reason is, church, is because they don't want to go through the I am. I know it's a hard thing to hear, but a lot of us, it's it's too much work. And I'm telling you, it is work. It is a lot of work. It's self-discipline because you're dying to yourself. Well, then once you get into the new life, as a believer, your intimacy with Christ, then you start, the friends around you start understanding who God is. You start speaking life into them because when God speaks a word of life into you, you share that. It, it spreads the life and they get, they get glowing, as you can see, they're yellow, right? They're glowing, right? They're getting the fire of God in them. And then... Um, then you're speaking life, and then you start telling them about baptism, uh, water and, and the spirit. you're giving power, right? They're getting increased, they're, they're getting new life, and then they're going, "Hey, I can have the same thing as you." And then all of a sudden you see you are reproducing life in someone else and, and giving them the ability to reproduce life for themselves, because the point is not to make a disciple. The point is to make a disciple that makes it a disciple, that makes it a disciple that makes it a disciple. That makes it a disciple right? That's the point of the gospel. If we're, Most of us can't even say that we're making a disciple, and everyone in this room needs to challenge themselves that you are to make disciples. Jesus said that to all of us, not just leaders, not just pastors. All of us together and in our individual life should be making disciples whether it's one or two people at your work or in your, even your own family, with mothers, with kids, that's making disciples. If you're training them in the ways of the Lord, that's making a disciple. So we, we're moving in from that power revival because God. We're, we're hearing the voice of God. We're acting upon it. That creates new life. That leads into baptism and power in their life. And then we move into um, Holy Spirit ministry. So, And this is where I want to uh, focus on real quick. So A lot of people in church want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, right? We want to have more of. Is that your desire, anyone in here? I hope you're not. Are you guys bored? Okay, notify your faces. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Uh, if you are, we can pause and go next week. I mean, I, nachos are waiting for us if you guys want. Thanks. Be nice. Be nice and say no. Let's go, Pastor. That'll make me. That makes me feel good. You know. No, keep preaching. Okay. So, And this really impacted me when God was showing me this. A lot of people operate in the prayer, worship, word, but they struggle getting alone with God. They struggle really hearing his voice. And they're trying, but they're not, really, they're not putting it all in. And they don't want to go through the discipline and the dying to self that it takes to do that. Um, or the work and effort that it needs to retransform our thinking, because we think carnally, but we need to think spiritually. We need to understand that we're going to have to learn a whole new language in its culture. And by the way, in this new language of the Spirit, it's just not words. This new language can be impressions. You can get a whole, I've, I've told you probably before, I've gotten sermons in a second in my mind. Nothing, I couldn't do it. It's all of a sudden, I just knew it, and I was like, wow. Uh, did I tell you about the, I found a house that way. God said, Showed me exactly where to turn and turn right and left and there'd be a house. And I was like, that's weird. I thought it was just weird, funny thing, and I followed what God said, and there was a house for rent, and we ended up, me and Jen ended up living there. Yeah. And I was in AM, PM, driving home from work, getting gas, and I and I wasn't even praying. I wasn't even being spiritual at all. I was tired from work and I was just and I went to the street and the Holy Spirit just said, There's a house for rent, you need to go down here. And he just showed me where it was. I was familiar with the area, so he showed me where it would be, and I was like, Turned right, and right when I turned right, it was the second house on the left. And it was open. It was empty and open. And the Lord told me to go look. So, so you can, when you learn to hear God's voice, he, he will talk to you even when you're not being spiritual. Amen. He'll talk to you when you're being spiritual and really listening. But get in the habit, because he always wants to start talking to you. And pretty soon, your thoughts, this is the coolest part of, of to me, one of the coolest parts about being a Christian and growing in him, is that pretty soon, your thoughts and his thoughts start and pretty soon, and in fact, I had to ask God this once because I was praying, and I was praying for someone, and I, and I, and I caught myself. And I was like, wait, that was me. I, I'm praying this way. And God said, no, 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 no. That was us. You're right on track. Keep going. You're fine. You're just starting to think like me. I was like, yes, yes, yes. So in our church, we need to, we need to improve more so to where we are doing body ministry, to where we come to church with something to give versus coming just to church to receive something, right? And that's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So everyone in here has a gift. Everyone in this church has value that they can give away to the body. But the reason that's not very strong is because we're leaving out the I am part. And the I am part is where you learn to hear the voice of God. And the way you operate in the Holy Spirit is you got to hear the Lord's voice. You've got to know his promptings. You've got to know when he gives you an impression or when he gives you a one-word thing. I've given, I know Craig um, has too, where you get a one-word or one picture and you go to someone and you say, I have a, a D, I got a word for you, and I don't know what it means, but I feel like the Lord's telling me to tell you this. And they're like, oh my gosh, the Lord's been dealing with this, and you, know, you don't know, but you've got to follow that impression, right? But the only way you're trained up and to do this is to make sure that you have the I am time. Because you could be in the Word, and you'll get little bits of this. You'll get fragments of it. You know, like tuning into a station on the old radios. You'll get little bits of it. And I'm not saying that you're these people below the IM are any less or anything. It just is more effective. It's like it's like going to the digital dial where you get 93.3 and you have the full signal, right? Versus the other ones where you're kind of shaky on the end. You're hearing bits and pieces of it. You're kind of getting it, but it's not being complete. That's where this is. So if you want to move in the Holy Spirit ministry gifts, now there's two separate things. In the body, there's ministry gifts that we do, and then there's Holy Spirit ministry outside when we're all gathered together as a church, and, that, and God can have tons of fun with that. But you're not going to understand and work in the word of knowledge or wisdom if you don't have I am time. Because that's where you're going to learn to recognize his voice. If you don't learn to recognize it there, that's why sometimes have you ever done that where you felt like God told you something and you chickened out and didn't do it and then you felt conviction and you're like, oh, that was God. Well, if you spend more I am time, then you'll be walking and you'll be like, oh, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. I ain't messing with this. I ain't messing with this. You know, grocery store, I, I did that once. We were in the gym one time and uh, and we were, trying to, we were really focusing on I am time and really trying to get God's... And I just, and I'm working, and I'm, I'm like, there was a guy over there, and he, he, did, he was working out, and the Lord just said, Go tell him this. And I was like, and it was, I knew it. I was like, I'm not messing with that. I, you can't push those away. Because if you don't take the risk, because some of us don't want the persecution of being embarrassed or rejected. So we don't want to suffer. And we talked about last week, you want to suffer for Jesus, for his name's sake. And sometimes walking in the Spirit, spending I am time and walking in the Holy Spirit ministry gifts, you're going to have rejection and it's going to cause suffering in your life to follow God and do what he calls you to do. But you're never going to have the, the power to work in the, in the Holy Spirit unless you're spending I am time with him, hearing his voice, journaling, learning to hear him, going through the motions, having a learning, uh, a learning spirit, a teachable heart that says, I can learn more. I don't know it all. God, others in the body, help me. Teach me how to hear God's voice. Because we have great tools, guys. I, and, I, and We'll get into it later, but I'm, I'm reading a fabulous book on hearing God's voice that will, would help many of you guys. Um, it's helping me learn more how to tune into his voice. So you can't do that. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And so the point is, I want you to be, understand that you've got to get alone with Jesus if you want to work in that arena. If you want to work in miracles... You've got to have I am time. What did Jesus say? He said this. He said, I do what I see my father doing. I only do what I see him doing. And so Jesus was saying, look, I see my father because I know him. We talk. We communicate. And, he, and I see him doing stuff. And I hear him say stuff. And I do it. You can't have that type of relationship in the lower section. It's going to be very limited. But when you get into the I am section where you take because see, the I am section is nothing with the stuff underneath it that supports it, right? You can't have just I am time without the Word. That's dangerous. That's called occultism. That's called New Age. That's called all that. If you just have the centered listening to the Spirit of God, you've got to have prayer, worship, faith, in the Word all supporting that all the time. So it's all of it together, but don't miss the top piece of the great I am. That will help you get into more ministry. Does that make sense? Okay, let's move on. So this brings transformation, right? The word of the Lord uh, to us for this new year. Remember, don't forget, it's transformation. God's going to be transforming you as individuals, us as a church. And if you're willing and open to this and want to f- go in this and follow with this, God's going to transform your life in many areas. So it brings transformation, okay? Uh, then, we, uh, of course, when you go to the great I Am and you start moving a new life, this goes from intimacy, closeness with Christ, to ministry to a lot of people. Catch this. If you want to minister to a lot of people, you got to spend a bunch of time with one person. Amen. You think, wait, that doesn't make sense. i got to get out and I got, to, I got to be around everybody. Well, we know from the story with Martha and Mary that being around and doing the work of the ministry isn't like sitting at the feet of Jesus like Mary did. Okay. Right? So intimacy with Christ leads to ministry. The more you spend time alone with Jesus, the more effective you'll be to more people. Jesus told me a long time ago when I was a youth pastor, Doug, if you spend time with me, all your stuff will come out of your relationship with me. Don't, you don't have to worry and be stressed out about teaching and preaching and doing all the things the pastor does. You just spend time with me, and all that you need will flow out of me and you together. And I've never forgotten that. And so that leads into ministry. And then relationship, as we get deeper into relationship, that brings discipleship. So as we deepen our relationship with Christ, it makes us a more effective discipler. And God has called each one of you to disciple. Hear me. Every one of you needs to be discipling somebody. We are called to be disciple makers, right? We're not called to be discipled and then live our life however we want. We're called to give up our life. So as we move forward from um, salvation up through this process... Um, we grow in the Holy Spirit, power, and gifts. So the closer you get on the Word, you have gifts. There's, the Word is powerful. It's powerful. You move in. You start worshiping. You start getting the Spirit of God. You start spending time with Jesus. It gets stronger in you, and then the, that pressure point comes in, and then you start birthing new uh, birth, uh, new people, new discipleship, and you start growing in the power, you start hearing the I am, and then pretty soon you're speaking words to people. You're speak, And I guarantee you, everyone in this room, God will speak to you at different times because he is the master conductor, and if you're around someone that he needs to talk to, he will talk through you. Yeah. And the great thing about God's decision is that he's made us the medium, right? We have to, we're, we're the medium to save the world. There's no other plan. It's plan A and that's it. God's going to do it through Christ, through you, to the world. Amen? So we've got to be open to letting the Spirit speak to us and hearing His voice so that we can get the message out. There's people that you walk through by Walmart that need to hear something from you, even if it's one word. Be obedient, listen, and and tune your spiritual ears in. And so this process takes us from me, self-centered, all me, to Him in me. So this goes, we start out, it's all about me. I'm self-centered, my life, my goals, my dreams. We start moving forward and up in Christ. We get alone with Jesus. We start dying to ourselves, And pretty soon we realize, oh, it's not about the old me. It's about the new me with Jesus inside of me, living in me, the hope of glory. Are you with me? So we move in this process from self-centered to other-centered, from self-centered about me to God in me doing this work. And then on this side, this is important here, guys. We move from selfishness to servanthood. So this process should be working in you, and we're about to wrap up, so hang in there. We're, we're, uh, we're moving from self-centeredness about this whole life belongs to me. I want to have this dream. I want a house with a white picket fence and 2.5 kids and a dog. I want this. Me, 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 selfish. All This whole world should revolve around me. Everyone should take care of me, 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 Right? And it moves into servanthood. Jesus said, if you want to be the best in the kingdom, you've got to be the best servant. So if you want to serve, you've got to get rid of selfishness. And this is where going to the great AM takes us. And I want to end with this. Well, almost. I die, they live. Until you decide that you're willing to die, the world doesn't have a chance. You and me need to die to ourself so that others in the community that we know can live. Because until we die to our pride, our self-centeredness, we're not going to be serving the community. We're not going to be sharing the gospel. We're not going to be good examples to the world. Are you with me? So when Paul told us to die daily, Uh, We talk about being crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I die, they live. I want you to get that in your heart, church, because that's what coming into the presence of Jesus will do. It will kill you. Do you want to die, or do you love this world so much that you're afraid to get close to Jesus because you're going to have to give up all the things you hold so dearly and tightly to. All the things that you think make you you. All the things in your life right now that you are so important to you that you're afraid to go into Jesus because Jesus might say, I want you to give all that up and make me Lord. Amen. But look at the reward. If you die, they live. How important is that to you today? Is it important to you that there are thousands of people in Yuba City of Marysville that are going to hell unless you stand in the way? And if you stand in the way, that means you've got to die to yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to live in through you, and that gives life as you spend time with him to transform not only a person but a community, right? Reproduce. We're called to Reproduce. And I want, you to leave with, I want to leave you with that today. You are called as a Christian to reproduce God in you and others by sharing the love of God, witnessing, leading them in prayer, the new birth, and discipling them. Reproduce. Father, we love you. We're so thankful, God, for your kingdom. We're so thankful, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord, that you speak to us. So Lord, I just pray right now as we're all just closing our eyes just so that we're concentrating on you with no one looking around and everybody just kind of meditating and just meditating on what the Holy Spirit's been working in your own heart. Lord, would you help us see this picture for what you want? Lord, I know you gave this picture to me, but I'm believing in faith that somehow something in this diagram helps somebody realize where they're at now, and where they need to press on towards. God, that's my prayer, Father, is that somehow what you spoke in my spirit somehow made sense in a way to help someone get closer to you and more productive in their Christian life to make disciples. So, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would right now, with every heart, worshipping with every with every eye closed just to be on focus that you would ask yourself this question lord where am i at in this diagram am i pressing into the heart your heart am i making you a priority or am i too stuck on the things of this world is this world my home or am i a sojourner moving through this world waiting for the next to come Because Jesus is coming back to introduce us to a whole new world. This world that you see, everybody in here, I want you to hear me. Eyes closed, concentrating on the Father. I want you to hear me. This world is going to pass away. Everything, a part of this world, governments, politics, houses, cars, malls, bills, thank you, Jesus. They're all going to pass away. And behold, God is going to make all things new. So I want you to ask yourself right now, where are you at in this diagram? Where are you at? Are you just entering into the Word? Do you need to press in and start seeking God and allowing time for Him to speak to you? Do you need, are you seeking the Lord in the great I Am and now you need to start taking risk of faith to minister to other people? God knows where you're at, and I'm sure He's talking to you about it. But if there's anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor Doug, I'm still in the bottom there. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to start this whole process, but I know that I have to give my life to you before I do that. You said that Jesus was the only way to the Father, and until you confess Jesus is Lord and make him Lord of your life, this process, you can't even enter into this process yet because you've got to come through the gatekeeper, and his name's Jesus. So if you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never confessed your sin, You've never, um, made, and you want to be born again today, if that's you, uh, I want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray with you. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to be saved. I want to be a part of his new world. I want to be a part of his kingdom that's, that's here now and going to come in its fullness when Jesus returns. Is there anyone here that says, yeah, that's me. I want to be a part of that. I want to give the opportunity with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. This is just for you and God. Just you and God, no one looking around. Anybody here, raise your hand. Just, show, just say, yeah, Pat, I'm not going to make you do anything weird, but I, you need to confess that and make that confession if you want to be in the family of God. It's the only way. The world will tell you there's many ways, but I'm here to tell you that God says there's only one way, and that's through Jesus. Anyone here this morning? All right, Father, you see every heart. And so now I want to I want to call on everyone else that is here that is already saved, uh, that you've been asking God, where are you at in this, and what do you want me to do with what I heard today? That's what I want you to ask, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with what I've what I've heard today? What do you have in my heart? And so as Pastor Chris continues to uh, worship and sing this song, I want to take a few minutes for for so don't leave yet. Just you could sing this song, or you could turn around in your chair and just bow before the Lord, and, or just stay on your sitting down and praying. But I want you not to leave here until you get an action item from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with this, what I've heard today? What are your orders? What is your encouragement, Holy Spirit, to me that I need to, that I need to make a change? Because I believe everyone in here, there's something the Holy Spirit's going to want you to flex or change or move around to get you in alignment to be where he wants you. So Chris, would you lead us in that song? And, and then you, Chris, you can close us out on prayer when you're done. Um, but everyone, I just want you to worship. You can stay seated if you want. You can stand. You can uh, get on your knees and put your hand and your face in a chair and just, just ask God and listen. But let's, uh, let's worship him. And I want an action item. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that you give each of us an action item, Lord, to leave today so that we can be more like you. So as we go... Father, we uh, ask for your anointing on our week. You would help us move into something new this week, Father. Lord, we know that our breakthrough is you, God. (laughs) You are the breakthrough. So God, we want to spend time with the breakthrough master. So God, we pray that you would draw us in. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.